Hi, I'm Raymond. I'm Kim. I'm Will. And you're listening to The, the Crusading, Crusading Couch. Uh... This week, we're going to be talking about attitudes towards pregens. Um, pre-generated characters, not yeah. pre-generated scenarios. Yeah. Indeed. Pre-generated uh, characters. So that can be like um, uh, the characters in the back of... Uh, in the... In, fucking... In, in the, the back, back of, of a... Poor book. Yeah. Or splat. Uh, sometimes uh, pre-written scenarios will actually come with pre-written uh, characters. Yep. Sometimes you'll want to run a scenario for your group and you'll make a bunch of characters, but like you won't necessarily consider what pl- which player is going to use them. As long as you're not uh, making a character for a specific player, uh, then it's probably counts as a pre-gen, although... Even if you never ever use pregens, you will find parts of this useful. Yes. Indeed. Um, so, where we thought we might kick things off, because uh, Kim and I are pretty sure like how we feel about pregens, so we thought we'd start off by asking Wilfred how, uh, what, what you, how you feel about pre-made characters. Okay, so... Quite probably to anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while, it will not come as a surprise that I am not a huge fan of pregens. For me, actually making your character is an intrinsic part of basically getting invested. Um, by putting it together yourself, you have a greater understanding of what your character can do, and it also allows you to get more into it. Uh, I tend to view pregens not negatively, um, but less favorably than characters you make yourself, and I basically see them as inherently disposable. You don't make uh, pre-gen for me to participate in an epic uh, story game. You make it because you want to have a quick bit of fun uh, and you want something that's easy and available. Yeah, indeed. I think some of those points certainly hold uh, true. Um, they they do tend to be... Uh, more speed orientated in that the purpose is to get a game going quickly which is why they are very important to include in a core book for a role playing game because it allows people to just pick it up um, I find yeah there can be more problems as well with people especially people not very familiar to the game not quite knowing what they can do with their pre-gen or making some erroneous assumptions which can cause some confusion Hmm. sometimes Uh, there's something else I was going to say but it's fled my mind so get back to that later if I recall it yeah so I think one of uh, where we should probably go from here is like talking yeah, about wrong, looking at some of these things that Wilfred's brought up, like um, the idea that you'll be less invested. Well, that's there are ways you can counterman that with a uh, with the way you set up pregens uh, or the way you describe them to a player. Uh, uh, the thing about you won't understand See, even that the way you describe it to a player, it's still. You being told what you've got in front of you. Okay, so that's a brilliant... you making your that's own a, story. That's a brilliant point. I shall point out exactly what I mean rather than move on to the next point. Uh, this is what I prepared earlier. <laughs> <laughs> a, 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 uh, 
we actually asked a lot of people online what they thought about pre-gens. Because I wanted to... When we went into this question originally, I thought that a lot of people were going to be like, Wilfred, and were like, no, nah, pre-gens, I'm not, I'm not into them. Or even worse, they'd say they were shit and useless. Um, but we actually got a lot of positive feedback. And one of the reasons... Uh, one of the ways that people talked about the way a pre-gen can be useful and interesting is one of the ways that I think they were great is uh, giving players pre-gens that are mostly finished and then allowing them to refine the details on them. Uh, Atomic Robo does this, uh, a Fate RPG, really well. They give you almost completely formed mechanical characters and they have backstories written for them, but you do not have to use a backstory that is written for a character ever, as long as that character sort of fits the idea that you have. Or like you read that character and you're like, oh, those skills, I can apply them to this. An example uh, would be, I took in, what the hell is Dr. Dinosaur doing? I think was one of the Atomic Robo games I played in. I took the mild-mannered uh, Bernard the geologist and turned him into Bernie the original action geologist. So I changed a few of the character traits, but kept all the skills and abilities the same and got a completely different uh, character out of it without really changing the mechanics at all. And, uh, and there were also a few blank spaces, like there's two slots to write in more aspects, which is a thing to do with basically power, effectively. One of the things that <coughs> I think could be a problem well, not a problem, but a problem in talking people around to pre-gens or, or, or even validating your use of pre-gens is the almost finished aspect. I think that that really opens it into a grey area of where do you draw the line between defining something as pre-gen and defining something as... A character that that how much have you had the, enough significant influence on it that it actually changes to being your character? But yeah. if you yeah. just discard the backstory and you actually keep all of the character, the finished character aspects, the same, but you change the backstory, then I think that that actually allow one it is in my mind still a pregen, and two it really opens up people to become invested in the pre-gen because from a role-playing in that actual sense of the word perspective one of the problems that a lot of people run into or, or I thought a lot of people would run into with pre-gens is that they would find it hard to tell their character's story if their character's story has already been told. So maybe mm. you even keep the backstory and what it is all about is it's how about the new story from that starting point is written and in that respect I think that pregens can actually open up a better role-playing experience in the campaign that you're actually playing because you don't have that intrinsic attachment to the actual process of 
um, making the character. I think that the fact that we re that we regard pregens as inherently disposable as one of the key aspects, one of the key positive aspects of why pregens can and are can be and are good for not just short one-offs, but also short to mid-length campaigns. Uh, in the fact that it actually re removes a lot of the a lot of the personal attachment, and it removes a lot of the um, it got a lot of the guff. It streamlines you to actually have that character, and 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 role play it properly because you don't have to worry about making it, and you aren't worried about your precious creation being destroyed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously this is a, a personality thing because that's not, even when characters I create, worrying about their destruction is not a thing that's going to impede my role-playing. Um, but I totally agree that for some people it most definitely is. Yeah. However, I still also think you'll have that problem uh, with pre-gens because some people are just naturally disposed to... That is the character that they are currently playing regardless they want to make sure that it survives by defunct of it being the character they are currently playing. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly an attitude towards role playing that uh, comes up a bit here. There's a um, difference between investment and attachment. Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I certainly don't have that much that problem getting invested in um, in pregens. I've been using them a lot more recently, playing a lot more online games with other role playing groups. Um, I certainly prefer. Uh, I certainly think they fit more for one-shots uh, for a lot of the reasons that Kim mentioned and another reason being that you don't have to worry about your players uh, having uh, the character ready. Like, you can say, here's some characters, you guys decide which one interests you the most. That's actually a really good point because I know it can be extremely frustrating when you are trying a new game or a new group of players and then people come who haven't completed their character sheets. Oh yeah, we're going to start play at 4 o'clock. Yep. Oh, I got here at 4 and my, half, and my character's only half done. Well, we're not starting at 4 then, are we? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. And that can be really annoying. And I think another thing that... Uh, another way in which using pregens would be shit compared to the way in which you really use pregens is if you were handed one rather than choosing from a group of them. So if you own if there were five pregens and five players, uh, and they just got handed out in a circle and then the one that you got was the one that you got, that would be shitter than if there were five players, seven characters, or five players and twenty characters and you just chose the one you wanted. I think that But there are certainly places where that if you don't know what, that you're just going to get handed one, then it could be bad. But I think that if you do know that you're just going to get handed one and you went in for that experience, yeah. and, like, I always say that that, that, that parameters are what, are what fuels creativity and innovation. And if yeah. your parameter is the character that you've been given, then I think that that can actually really fuel your creativity as a role player in terms of telling, in terms of integrating your character's story with the overarching story of the scenario or campaign and I think that it fuels your innovation to actually use the skills of that character in a way that 
you can align that to be to use those skills in a way that you would want to use them rather than using them necessarily in the classical way that they were textbook defined to be used I actually agree with Kim Hmm. on that one although I would only ever recommend that for like one shots I think yeah definitely I wouldn't I, I wouldn't uh, it's a high high risk not so high reward strategy for yeah. a campaign I think that if you got a character that you were just like I can't identify I don't want to play this I don't want to do it then you end up with players dropping out or having a really bad time and I don't yeah. I mean there's we an do a- this for fun so there's an aspect yeah, yeah. of a pre-gen um uh, having pregens for a scenario where you're like only intended to play the pregens for a scenario uh, actually can create uh, a better better storytelling, uh, especially if the players are still allowed to choose from a pool. And especially because then you've got you know that the characters are going to be in some way useful in that scenario. Yeah, you don't have to worry about, yeah. oh, I've made, would have I've made a ranger, but we're like indoors and I don't have close fighting. The GM would have to be familiar with the characters that yeah. they're actually putting into that scenario, and I think that that's, that that's a really good thing to actually say, that you can really yeah. tell that story from a GMing perspective, the story of that scenario really well, if you know what characters are going to be in here, what their skills are, what they do and don't have, and it is logistically probably a better way of doing it than setting down a bunch of character creation parameters, saying, don't do this, you can't have that, no, I won't let you buy that. You should probably... Ha- oh, you don't have that. Oh, well, you guys are brutal. Yeah. And, and again... It's also worth saying, I think, that it can also be good for getting people out of their... Mainly Kim's situation where you get handed a sheet. Getting people out of their comfort zone, potentially. So if you've got someone who always, for instance, loves playing a wizard, uh, and then they go into this and they're handed a rogue, uh, they obviously the same they're trying to use what they have and like oh you know this like lock picking and shit is really fun I can't I've never tried this before uh, it might give them a bit of insight into something different for once which they might not have had if they'd made their own character or if they had a choice as well yeah indeed um, there's there's an aspect of role playing that I think is really underexplored by a lot of people that do it purely as a hobby whereas Kim and I are starting to move more into sort of semi-professional role-playing uh, where we're doing it as and it's still fun like we still do it as a hobby but there's whenever whenever I'm role-playing now I'm thinking of it as performance even when I'm not recording and that's the idea of acting in role-playing and the idea of uh, actually inhabiting a role and something that is uh common in role playing but not common in other acting mediums is making your character like if I'm doing Shakespeare I am not inventing Macbeth I am bringing new aspects to Macbeth but Macbeth is an existing play or an existing character yeah that's actually a really good example because Macbeth was written by Shakespeare 
all contentious issues aside, to not not for a that we know a specific actor in mind to play Macbeth. And Although sometimes some of Shakespeare's plays are written for specific actors. Uh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. But there are a lot of people that have done renditions of that over the years that. Indeed, and their performances are not lesser. Yeah, because. end up in um, end up in different scenarios. So that like it will end up in different different. Uh, the end product is different because that character was not written for that actor. Even so if, if we regard, yeah, even though this it's a scripted play and it's still got the same ending and you're yeah. still hitting the same plot beats and doing the same dialogue, you're delivering it differently. Even from. Uh, performance to performance still with the same actor it's going to be different each time no actor ever performs uh, identical each day yes yeah and I think that there's an aspect of that if we regard players as actors I will mention as well that you do not have to be uh, as you say semi-professional yeah when I say when I involved in that yeah when I say semi-professional I just mean like I thought you were actually really more talking about the 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 objective way that we now talk about systems and indeed I I was more talking about the attitude we use to approach as opposed to I haven't been trained in a school to be a better role player I mean yeah, I, no I'm, I, I was also talking indeed, about the indeed attitude. but that's a good point to clarify like yeah yeah you Casual can, gamers you can still bring this acting aspect you can still bring better acting to your normal games whether you are concerned about being uh, looking good on recordings or whatever or not like, I, I am super cons- I'm always concerned about delivering a more interesting character regardless of whether it's about it's worth saying as well that some people also aren't interested in acting. Some people want just to be all like, here's the sheep, here's my dude, he's good at punching people, I'm going to punch down this door, I'm going to punch that guy, I'm going to punch that boss. That was awesome, really enjoyed it, great game. Indeed, and if that's the kind of shit that you're into, more power to you. Like, their role-playing takes all kinds, and there are many different kinds of people that are into it. It's not personally what I'm interested in, though. Yeah, indeed. And, yeah. and, and like, if you're, if you're a GM that is interested in seeing your players or if your players have expressed interest in like getting more into their performances like and and inhabiting characters more yeah a way of uh getting that sort of behavior out of them or helping them develop that kind of behavior could be using pre-generated characters i also think that you lessen that you lower the risk of so sometimes when people create their own characters, they have their own I, they have their own idea about the character's story that they want to tell, and they mm. want the scenario to the campaign that day's play that scene whatever to play into their own character's personal story, and that I have been that player before with my own per, with with my arcane, own arcane arcane archer. No, Tristan. No, are you talking about... I was thinking you are talking about the example in um, Realms of Light with the bomb disarming. That's probably... None yeah. of us are right. Let, we'll yeah. let Kim what, Which one are you thinking of? I was thinking of Tristan. Ah. His ranger. Yeah. Well, I was just like, I want to push my ca- own character's personal story within the campaign. And I think that the integration of the each individual character's personal story which i think should always exist mm. in and into and yeah the integration of that personal story into the campaigns or scenarios story i think uh, is 
it is easier to find synergy with pregens. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. Hmm. Because you are now no longer, if you're using a pregen, necessarily the person that knows your character best. Mm -hmm. There are other... It it facilitates insight from your GM and from other players into what your character is trying to do without without, without you having to have a conversation about it. Indeed. I also think mechanically as well there's some assistance because I've been in a game um, where a player has made a character uh, to be good at combat to the point where they are insanely good at combat. To the point where uh, there's no risk to them entering combat? Is basically. Like but they they're can also win every fight. very resistant to having anything done that would reduce that their combat uh, efficiency both either in-game um, through story uh, elements or um, people mentioning it as a mechanic aspect it's like do you really need to do to have 19 dice do you really need in world of darkness to do one damage to do eight damage automatically <laughs> there's some ways to chain together powers that are very broken yeah in, in more than just World of Darkness. And that comes back to the whole attachment thing, because they made that, they're very like, no, this yeah. is... And what you're saying as well, this is, the, this is what I want to happen, therefore I expect the world to be structured in a way that yeah. allows me... Pre-gens, mechanic, speaking of mechanics, pre-gens, what, what do we think about their, their mechanical creation in the system that they're in, like, in terms of optimization. Yeah, so, or, so there's a few <laughs> things that I kind of want to lampshade here, like, before we get into them, uh, that are related to this topic, but can branch off of them. So, like, I'll make a list of them so that we can, like, circle back around to them and everything. Okay. Uh, uh, sometimes... Uh, it's hard to be a woman? Well, yeah, sometimes it is hard to be a woman. Uh, no. Sometimes uh, pre-made characters are better uh, optimised mechanically Um, other times they're built to showcase a particular mechanic uh, that might be new to a system so I was like oh we built this new psionic sword master class and so we've made this thing that demonstrates it really well but like then it's not been considered what you else you might use that character for it's like oh it says here that they're an orphan but then they don't have like any like profession orphan skills uh which is a terrible example ah mm. uh, <laughs> who is a professional oh, orphan it's got what uh, and one of the uh, other things is like, um, yeah, okay, so they might be an orphan, but they have no streetwise skill. There we go. That's a better example. Um, and another way is sometimes they are actually no, they're not. I was gonna say sometimes they're purposefully not optimized, but that is not true. They are just sometimes focused in areas that you wouldn't think them to be. Well, I think yeah, sometimes they're not they're not optimized. I think really is there's sometimes not min-maxed. Yeah, indeed. So just kind when of you like, argue you end up with You end up with well-rounded characters, which are, like, I think a, 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 sometimes with characters that I've made, I've made them very situational, like, 
uh, focused. Yeah. As in, you can trudge through 80% of a campaign and have nothing to do, but when those 20% of times comes up, Oh yeah. boy, yeah, do the, you roll out? You're just like, this is my jam, baby. Look at all my dice. The, oh, I rolled all ones. Yeah, and and another way that you can use... <laughs> That's very disappointing. Yeah. When you roll all ones on the one time that you were supposed to be the master, and then and you like, guys, and then you can't, you can't reclaim that through another area of expertise, yeah. because you haven't made your character that way. I think that you really... Get away from that with 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 pregens. There's chances for redemption coming around yeah. the next corner. I yeah. completely agree with Kim though, and it, uh, many of them do tend to be more well-rounded, and that's been my experience with the pregens I have played. Uh, and just one of the other ways that you can uh, that pregens can be used mechanically, just purely talking about mechanics, is to demonstrate the ways in which characters should be made. This is particularly true of pregens in systems that don't use character classes like Eclipse Phase or Call of Cthulhu or can anyone think of any other ones? Wild Talents. Wild Talents, yeah. Wild Talents, definitely. Uh, Those sorts of systems, the pregens show you the ways in which you should build a character and even in ways kind of inform archetypes in classes. Yeah. So there's no classes in Eclipse Phase, but if you're playing a firewall team, you should probably have an information specialist. Someone that can yeah. hack. Really useful in a game like Wild Talents as well, where there's so much scope with the powers. Mm, indeed. Uh, and so many combinations that it's just a point of reference. Indeed. So you can like, oh, how would I build this power? It's like, oh, well, I'm going to need these, these, and these. And then you look at the yeah. way it's built on that. It's like, oh, so if I take this one, I don't actually need to take those other three tags. There's also, and I'm not even sure if these count as pre-gens, but I'll ask you guys. I've seen more and more on the internet on um, a couple of things I follow on Tumblr in particular is like uh, how to make X character. So like how to make um, Captain America from Marvel as your fighter in I've actually played and then they break with it down. that character um, someone I don't know if they actually listen to the podcast or not uh, but uh, Bra- Braden Braden I can't actually remember his name anyway our friend Daddy. our friend Matt uh, has an acquaintance anyway I've played with somebody that played the Captain America fighter uh, and it's an interesting class uh but that's sort of like a fun I, little experimental thing. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know if it's a pre-gen, but it's certainly close. Yeah, I reckon it's close. I reckon... It's close enough that we should mention it. I reckon that it doesn't quite make the bar because people have a preconception of how Captain America should be played. In, I, a, bu- in a bunch of scenarios. And, and Actually, no, that's I fucking disagree. bullshit, Kim. Yeah, sorry. I'll let you keep going. No, it's just bullshit. No, it's totally a pre-gen. Carry on. Whatever. uh, The only reason that I would say it's not a pre-gen is that uh, you can still customise that build. Like, heaps. But that's kind of like like the same, like you were saying, you get a list of here's how... No, no, I get it, but it's not not actually pre-assembled. It's more a guide to building that thing. Um, But... I can also see it the other way. Like, I can yeah. see how you might decide to consider it a pre-gen. Yeah. I think that kind of stuff... But I, w- be... I would refer to it as a construction guide. Like, where pre-gens could really come to their own. Just, like, have a bit of fun uh, to do something you might be interested in, but don't necessarily want to actively pursue over an extended period of time. Yeah, indeed. I can't imagine ever wanting to play... Uh, I, I'm not that interested in playing a pure hacker 
long term through a campaign, but in like a sciencey fictiony cyberpunky game, I'd be willing to play a hacker for a one shot, uh, and I would trust that the people that put out the game would be able to build a hacker better than I could. Um, mm. We've even seen that in the course phase where people have had programming and interfacing but not had infosec so can't actually hack or haven't had interfacing and so cannot connect to systems in order to hack confident that wasn't me no it, or they can it, interface and then they can hack it but they can't do anything once they're there because they don't have programming <laughs> you basically need all three skills uh, or, or, or you need a gizmo or yeah like you can get or a chaos AI you can get past interfacing if you have a gadget yeah, the universal dock, or the or or just you know, or someone tells you how to plug in, uh, but that's that's kind of specific. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I still prefer um, your own creative ones. I can see some of the benefits. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, there's a kind of a lot there um, in terms of the different uh, places you can go. Um, I think it would be interesting for us to discuss, like, when a pre-gen is a bad choice. When, When should we not use one? Um, I think... that the quick and easy availability approach for uh because i I think that you can find ways to become invested and to become uh uh into a character in the short term if it's pre-generated but if you want to continue that long term then maybe you needed something that you had a lot more creative input in so I think that in terms of the length of time that you're going to be using that character, some it. But this is the case with characters that you can make as well. You can become bored. Yeah, you can become bored with that character, and I guess that the risk of the pregen, I think, is that you might have a higher chance of not knowing that you're going to become bored with it because it was so easy to get it mm. in the first place. The ease of acquisition makes you consider your choice for the long term less. Mm. I also think it's potentially easy to become dissatisfied because many of them... Yeah, when uh, you fail, you don't see it as a failing of your own optimization. You see it as a failure of the character. Indeed, but you also start looking at what they have, like we were talking about before, where a lot of them tend to be not min-maxed and decently rounded. For a lot of people, I think, to look at, once they've gained a bit of experience, to look at it and go, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I could do this, this, and this instead of this, what we've got here? Yeah, uh, another, another thing that Wilfred kind of mentioned earlier that kind of ties into this a little bit is um, I think uh, I'm pretty sure you mentioned this is how when sometimes when you're playing a pregen you don't act, you don't know what it can do, um, and I think that that is a failure of people that are making those kinds of pregens. A pregen really needs to telegraph 
what it can do, either in the way you've called it, uh, what, the way you've named it, the way you've written the character sheet, or if you're using, uh, or if the character does have a background, the way you've written the background. Like, the character uh, should be focused to a degree. So you don't, you don't can, want the player going, I should be able to do this. Why yeah. can't I do this? This is the way that I've envisaged my character. Yeah, because you've like you. used the wrong word. Say, what do you mean Go my ninja can't bruh? Yeah, what do you mean my assassin isn't stealthy? It's like it's not that kind of assassin. He's like the he's the James Bond. He's the <laughs> James Bond assassin. How to make James Bond in your fake game? He doesn't have stealth, but he does have drive. <laughs> yeah, how to make Jason Stratham drive? Just drive. Lots of drive. Never leave the car. Drive and headbutt. Drive and headbutt. Uh, and swear. Curse in British. Um. I am eating. Yeah, Kim is eating in the middle of the recording. Sorry, having a, con a contemplatory uh, mouthful of chicken. Uh, that is definitely true. What I had to say, I had it. Oh, man. Oh, no. I had it. Beginner players, I think that if you are dealing with people that are unsure if they want to get into role-playing, then the investment in time, in terms of time and making a character is really off-putting. Yep. Yeah. I think pre-gens, which is really where I think that the original idea for pre-gens, this is where it comes from, is it comes yeah. from that availability. It is quick and easy ask, ask, oh, It's a quick and easy access. Bloody hell. Quick and easy access for non-fully committed people to be able to play games with their friends. I agree. That doesn't actually. require significant time investment. Yeah, um, indeed. Make a valid point. Um, there's a there's a reason that the uh, Edge of the Empire starter box comes with pre-gens in it. Yeah. And that also makes me think of the other beneficial aspect of pre-gens. It's not for the plays, but also for the storyteller. Yeah. Like, I know there's been times when I have wanted to have an encounter and have, you know, flick through the book uh, and found uh, they've got most core books for systems have little pre-gens of various character types yeah selected one from there and utilize that rather than me actually going and having to make yeah all these characters yeah. the one scene in one no, game that's indeed pre-gen yeah. characters when you want them to be as uh, fleshed out as uh, a player character uh, and, and when you want your sorry when you want an NPC to be as flesh, fleshed out and as powerful as a player character uh, a a uh, Pre-gen can be really useful for that. Um, I've I've used pre-gens uh, in a few systems to represent um, characters, uh, to represent uh, NPCs and stuff like that. Uh, just because they had the mechanical stuff that I required, or they were They're close. They were used. close enough, and that's actually something that people online said. They said that they're a great resource for. Uh, GMs. His name is John Bradley. Is who I was thinking of. Oh. Yeah, I was just like, were you thinking of... Yeah. Sorry about that. We'll clarify that in the epilogues. Um, <laughs> but, yes. Pre-gens 
But that, that was why they originally developed, wasn't it? For like, I would imagine so. That and that and the demonstrating that and the yeah that and the demonstrating how to um make a character like into the it can go kind of. The pregens for Pathfinder aren't even called pregens, like of the player characters. They're called. Um, Are they called archetypes? Yeah, they're called like the divine archetypes or something. They're like meant to be these, the you know the ones that are featured on the art and stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. Those are pregens, effectively. Like they exist. They have stats for like I think they have them at level one, level five, level ten, level fourteen, and then level twenty. Huh. Um, and those are real characters made using real shit in the game. Uh, but, like, the way that Pathfinder, and I assume D&D has done this also, but I could be wrong, but definitely Pathfinder does it. It's like, they use those characters as, like, fucking story. They're called Iconics. They're called Iconics. Ah, right, okay. Um, Like the base. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But they're, they're, like, heroes that exist in the Pathfinder uh, core setting and uh, stuff like that and like there's books written about them and they like have canon backstories and shit like that like they've taken the idea of pre-gens to a whole other level uh, and again I'm not sure if that exists in Pathfinder in uh, other D20 systems or not but it's definitely true of Pathfinder yeah um, like that level I mean Again, that could be actually hampering because, like, there's all you've got to. Li- if you're playing one of those characters, you've got to live up to that expectation. Oh, but no, no, so you select. Yeah. Sorry, you go. No, 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 no. I was gonna say you've got the power to select how much of that backstory information yeah. that you want. Indeed. Uh, so if you, I certainly about up to have that, not read. Yeah, I certainly yeah. have not read any of that material. So, so be, like, here's a. You know, this is the fighter whose name is something. Yeah. Um, Bruce, go nuts. Bruce? Bruce from the Down Under Dark. You gotta capture the Kanga Duck. Those Kanga Ducks. What are you guys talking about? Making up shit. Although the Down Under Dark is a reference to Penny like, Arcade. This sounds like something I've I mean, we've fought Duck Mantises. No, it's just my insanity. I was trying to think of an Australian icon and got kangaroo and duck. Yeah, ducks. Iconic Australian yeah, animals. They're little cock hats. Story. Um. Yeah, I mean... Fucking what? I think it's time for my obligatory once the podcast mentioned that you're missing out by not seeing Kim's face. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh... You mentioned something before when you're talking about like people might try and live up to the expectation. Do you, That's not necessarily bad. Do you think that people's... So we've talked about using pregens as the parameters and the limitations that inspire creativity and innovation. Do you think that pregens in the hands of some people actually just run the risk of playing the status quo? And that you actually end up with a much more boring story because people don't take the pregen and go, this is me playing the pregen. They're just like, playing the pregen. Roll. Yeah, there are. I mean, Roll. I see what you're saying, um, but that is Roll. as much a that can happen even if the player made the character. Like there are plenty of people that they'll make a character, but they they're just there to sort of tick off 
the numbers. Like they want to. They want to be in on a social experience, not necessarily yeah. play the game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, they want to play the game. They don't want to engage with the other aspect of role playing. That is, is the role playing. That is the role playing. <laughs> the collaborative storytelling. The acting. The acting yeah. is yeah. another way of putting it. Uh, yeah. They they they're more interested in that mechanical aspect of it. They want I think to, that next time I play it, I have to make a character for a one shot or a campaign and I don't have a good, like an idea I'm, like, I might have an idea and go I'm, not, I'm really not happy with it though mm. I don't I I might actually tap a, a pre-gen resource and be like I'm going to take that and run with it and see yeah. where see see where we go like I think that that they're that they're not just a good resource, but they are uh, a an avenue for people looking to put put a little bit more of a kickback in their role playing. If yeah. they've made if they've made a lot of characters and they're just like like we said before, I want to put myself out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. That 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 you can actually you can actually use pregens with minimal amount of effort to to yeah. explore things. Well, yeah, they are a good source to like in, uh, inspire or encourage people as well. Like if you're flat for an idea, nothing really appealing, maybe take a flick through. See, like you might not find something exactly what you want, but you might see something in those projects that gives you an idea. Yeah. Something you want to try or do. An octopus fighter? Hell yeah, why did I never think of that? That's fantastic. Octopus Fighter patented by Insert Quest here. No. <laughs> I think that's just the hidden concern assassin, to be honest, from Eclipse Phase. Yeah, uh, edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late. Um, yeah. All of the opinions and views expressed in this interview are those <laughs> of the individuals themselves and do not represent Insert Quest here as a company. I mean. <laughs> All of the employees of Insert Quest here as a company are currently in this podcast. Hey! <laughs> um, I'm the audience. So, like, in what way? Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. We are. I. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah, so this one's been a little bit uh, shorter than our normal ones, but uh, I think that we said some important stuff. I certainly found. Um. I certainly thought that the acting stuff that we said uh, was uh, quite pertinent. Yeah, least. yeah, yeah. I think so. If you can regard your character as a role that you are inhabiting as an actor, then that's that's a good way to go about it. I also th I'm, I have been enlightened to two uh, ways, which I now have to try and think of, of using pre-gens. One is, as I knew about this one, but I didn't sort of like click, click, it, it, together, click it together, was the, as NPCs. Mm. And uh, the oh, other so way was something Billy said that I've forgotten. My summary is terrible. <laughs> How can I summarize by not summarizing? Terrible. Uh, terrible, terrible. Oh, the use work. them or don't use them, but they're a valuable resource either way. Yeah, did I we, think did, if you... Did we change your mind at all, Billy? Like, did we open no. up some things that you've you considered? Some points. And, like, yeah. I still... Even, like, even before, when I, I sort of knew that I was going to be... I'd prefer to make my own characters. Like, I still see there's a lot of beneficial points to them, and I know why people prefer to use them. You did make... I 
you did make a good point with the um, new players in particular. Like that's something I actually forgotten from when I first started, um, and think actually from memory that would have been a better way to go about it than what happened, which was a character was made for me. Yeah. Put into the discussion we had before. Well, this. I had a character made for me yeah. as my first role playing experience. I actually think well. it would have been more beneficial to have a pre-gen and then make my own character once I knew what was going on. Actually, my my having my own character made for me was just a. Um, it was actually a pretty good experience because the character mechanically was actually quite well rounded and it had no associated backstory the GM didn't tell me yeah like what what my character's attitudes were they, my, they basically said this is what your role within the party is that's another thing that I just wanted to briefly mention when you're playing with pre-gens you know that you're actually going to end up with not just a well-rounded character but you're probably going to end up with a well-rounded party as well yeah indeed um, And there, so you're not yeah. just talking about the way that your character the way that your character acts and, and behaves mechanically you're not even just talking about how your character interacts with the story you're also talking about how each of your pre-generated characters works together with each other That's and part I of the think whole. that that, mm. that can overcome a, a reasonably common problem of party synergy with the, if you have the right pregens. I have a lot of thoughts on party synergy. That's probably a conversation for another time. Yeah, put and, it, put, and it, put it in the list. And I want to, I want to clarify, uh, sort of, sort of clarify something as well. In that, uh, what Wilfred was saying about, like, he still prefers to make his own character. I also prefer to make my own character, but I am also happy playing a pre-generated character. Like if, uh, like. Uh, if yes. I like for there are certain situations where a pre-gen is just going to be more uh, useful uh, in the context of the game I agree like, with Raymond but I would only ever take on a pre-gen as a one shot indeed I wouldn't want to play a pre-gen without I wouldn't want to play a pre-gen as my only option for a campaign mm -hmm. but if it was if the choice if I still had the choice to make my own character but like I decided to go with a pre-gen that'd be that'd be fine yeah. and I can think of yeah, like that uh, Wild Talents game, I'm really glad I made my own character for that because I had the idea, but it probably would have helped me in a lot of ways my first Eclipse Phase character had been a pre-gen. Yeah, indeed. Uh, to make that. Wilfred didn't play a one-shot before we played Eclipse Phase, which is probably something we should have done, but... Time constraints. Indeed. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, feel, I feel confident that we touched on a lot of I interesting stuff. I am more stuff. interested in it. I am more... Amenable to playing pre-gens after this discussion, even though I was pretty on board before. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, just a, a little bit of a shorter one. So uh, players and GMs consider your pre-gens mm. for whatever Jeez. system you're using. Uh, I guarantee you that your system has pre-gens. Um, yeah. Yeah. Go look them up. Even even fake games have pre-gens, like Check Atomic Robo out. and Gods of Monsters. There's pre-generated gods in there. Checks on you, Wushu, but Wushu probably has pre-gens. Yeah. I don't know. I never. Actually, bought got the pamphlet for which the full pamphlet. I only had the rules pamphlet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So pregens, look them up, write them down, act them out. Yeah, there's 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 always some there's some really cool pregens in systems. Spread it around, <laughs> just like an STD. Oh my god, I hate you all. Yeah. Anyway, farewell from the past. I'm Raymond. I'm Kim. I'm Will. And you've been listening to... The, the Crusading, Crusading Couch! Couch. Pretty dead.